Welcome to Nothing to Fear, a weekly horror movie podcast. Each week on the show, we watch a different horror movie and talk about it. My name is Billy Schultz, and I am joined this week, as with every week, by my two good friends, Alex Wan and Luke Mason. Alex Wan, how the hell are you this fine Sunday morning? I'm, I'm pretty hungover. I went out last night, drank a little too, um, maybe not a little too much, a lot of too much. And yeah, but I'm happy to be here. You know, I I told you two this off air, but like the 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 the, the... listeners, yeah. Okay. How many does? How many does <laughs> can we the, get the, in the, there? The... <laughs> so here's the story. I puked last night. Oh. Yeah, uh, and but I didn't tell you two this part. Oh, good. So there's a new mm. story to this. So I crashed at a friend at a friend's on his couch, and you know, just about before I was about to go to sleep, I was like. You know, just for safety, like, is there anything I could, like, possibly puke into? Like, just in mm-hmm. case. And then he hands me his recycling bin, and he empties it mm-hmm. of all his recyclables. And this is a big blue bin. He just puts mm-hmm. it right next to me, big and I'm like, bin. don't worry. Like, there's 90%, like, ni- I would say 99% sure I'm not going to puke. Sure enough, okay. I puke into okay. that thing. So my morning was spent um, rinsing out his recycling bin in the tub. <laughs> so I've had um, an eventful morning. Okay, <laughs> this is a this is a pertinent question. Is it the type of recycling bin that has like little holes in the bottom for drainage, or was it a solid? It was a one? solid. It was a solid. Oh, thank goodness! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That'd be a foolish bin to give to Alex. That would have been ter- That would have been the worst bin to give me. That would have been <laughs> right. his fault. Mm. <laughs> right? Give him. He's like, here, Alex. Here's this colander. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah. Uh, so, well, we're yeah. We're glad you're here. Glad I'm, I'm you're here, and I've, I've actually been up for a while, and I've done a lot of work. Nice, a- a- rinsing up puke. Nice, gotta love it. This is this is the the moment when you realize you're too young, you're too old to be going out all night and drinking and barfing in the morning. It's not fun. It's not fun. Mm. I mean, I had fun. Yeah, and, up and until then, yeah, life up is trade offs. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You're not a young man anymore, Alex. You're almost thirty. <laughs> what's that like uh, that's been pretty good actually <laughs> I've enjoyed my 30s uh, but I've, of course I haven't checked in with everyone else yet Luke Mason is also here joining us from live from Nelson BC that's right how the hell are you Luke I always look forward to my Sunday morning the rituals so I enjoy it very much yeah you go like you like get an elk and put it up in a tree mm-hmm. and you carve a disembowel bunch of it some trees yeah yeah that's yeah, right yeah okay oh, it was an elk yeah it was an elk. i guess there was nothing to deer <laughs> that was actually <laughs> gonna be my joke today so I gotta, <laughs> yeah, very nice <laughs> i guess i have to think of a different one <laughs> oh, wow I did not see that coming. Alex, you should get hung over for the show more often. You're, yeah. on, you're on all cylinders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, aside from your rituals. You're playing this game on hard, hard motor. <laughs> <laughs> wow, these are... <laughs> I like I like that work. <laughs> You'll understand these jokes in a bit, listeners. <laughs> yeah, we're just showing such dis- disregard for listeners. Just in movie references already. <laughs> Fuck it, it's yeah. our podcast. We can do what we want. So, other than yeah, that, I'm good. you're doing good? Yeah. Nice. I'm fine. I am not hungover, because surprisingly, last night being Saturday, I didn't get drunk, which is... I gotta actually look into that. I don't know. 
But I don't know if either of two of you have seen the new horror movie that we should probably do one day about Winnie the Pooh called Blood and Honey coming out. Oh my god, we have to see Blood and Honey. We have to see Blood and Honey. <laughs> a Winnie the Pooh slasher film? Like, sign me up. I'm yeah. there. So it it that became a thing because like Winnie the Pooh is public domain now, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But the like characters are there's some things that are still owned by someone. Like yes. I think Tigger's Disney... still owned. No, Disney owns the representation of Winnie the Pooh, like, that their animation house is designed. So, like, the yellow bear with the red, like, shirt mm. and no pants. And, like, the those... That's their poo. That's their poo. And no one else gets to touch their poo. Mm. But, like, mm. the A.A. A. Milne stories and, like, you know, the character names, those are f- free range. Mm-hmm. No, that's oh, free license or something. You could just use it. So Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, stay tuned next week for Blood and Honey. So you could say we could have Winnipeg the shit. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Work on that. Little dig at Manitoba. Little dig at Manitoba. Think Blood and Honey will be allowed to air in China? Of course not. Oh, Winnie the Pooh is banned in China. Oh, is that because the they made fun of the president or the premier looking like him? Yeah, looked like him. The only reason. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what an what an odd tenor to start our our podcast on. As for as for me, yeah. How are you, Billy? I'm doing well. It's it's gray and drizzly out today. It's like there's just a a blanket of fog. How are outside. how are the bears doing in urban Montreal? Oh, you know what? They're great. No, we don't we don't get a lot of bears out in the West Island, but I have seen a lot of raccoons and a lot of like rabbits and and groundhogs. So. It's funny, if I go out on a morning run, sometimes I can hear raccoons just, like, knocking shit over and, you know, grabbing stuff with their weird little grabbly hands. Do you remember um, that show, the, rac- the Raccoons? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. There was... Burt Raccoon? Yeah, Raccoons, and then there was Sneed or something. Uh, like Cyril Sneer and his son Cedric. Cyril Sneer. Cedric. They were aardvarks. Yeah, that was, like, turned. Canadian animation's was great. finest. Yeah, the was theme good. song was, was awesome. Job. And whose life would be simple except for the raccoons? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like really being like, we want you to be on the side of this industrialist. <laughs> that wasn't the point. <laughs> but he's like, oh, God, these people who love nature are really cramping my style. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I could cut down the trees, but they're always foiling my plans. <laughs> Is this a I have to be 30 reference? Yeah. Yeah, you'll get it when you're older. <laughs> <laughs> we'll explain it when you're older. No, it was an old, like, 80s cartoon. It was like, it was, I think, I think 80s, it was like 90s. 87 to 93 or something like that. It was on the air and it was yeah. on CBC for a while and then they played it a bit later on, like, cartoon channels in Canada. Yeah. It was great. It was just this great. The themes were environmentalism and friendship and industry it was like a kind of yeah it was like a captain planet kind of vibe but it was just like these raccoons that lived in the forest and wanted to keep their forest safe mm-hmm. anyway listeners shout, shout out at us if you remember the raccoons tv show Love hey you know what this is a nothing to fear classic where we are free associating all over the place free associating and avoid, all over the place and avoiding talking about this movie but you know what <laughs> raccoons uh they Generally live in forests. Luke, you're talking about forest. This movie, uh, oh boy, oh boy, takes place in so much of a forest. So, so Alex, you had a second pick this month. So That's please right. tell the listeners what you picked uh, for us to watch this week. So I picked 2017's The Ritual. 
And similar to when I picked, what was it, Hell House LLC for my previous pick for this month about mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. actually scary horror movie. Uh, once again, not a deep, in-depth reason why. I googled what movies are actually scary and mm. found this on a list. And I was like, this looks interesting and it's more modern and it's an hour and a half. So I picked mm, it. Boy, oh boy. It was the perfect length. So yeah, and that's all you knew about it? That's all I knew about it. But I mean, it it was called The Ritual, and I feel like there's probably like eight other horror movies or like short short films or books or mm-hmm. whatever horror medium that are have been called The Ritual over civilization. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. Nothing to add. Right. I had seen a trailer for this a while ago. So I, I can't remember where it cropped up. I just like, you know, the internet served me this trailer and i was like okay i'll watch it um and it looked really spooky and i like what i think the trailer did because it kind of buried the lead of this story and we'll get into it after but i was i would say yeah more excited watching after watching the trailer than i remained excited after watching this whole movie but uh we'll save that for Hmm. after the trailer luke did you know about this movie have you had you seen it before i had never seen it but i I did know basically everything about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It was one of those movies that had been spoiled for me on YouTube through top 10 lists and all that. And I think because it came out in 2017, I actually like I found out all what it was about before we started this podcast. Right. So it wasn't. Uh, there was a part of me that's always been like, you know, we'll probably do this movie and I know exactly what it is. So, mm, okay. But I would say that didn't take away from watching it. It was still a tense film. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I knew I knew what the monster you know the twist. They were the mm-hmm. twist. I didn't know part of the twist, I guess, but I kind of knew what was going to happen. So it wasn't a surprise, hmm. but it was enjoyable. All right. Well, would you, so sorry to keep getting off topic, but mm-hmm. no, no, I know, I know you, you. Maybe not aggressively vocally, but you like from from knowing you, I think you're someone that like doesn't understand people that like mm-hmm. look up spoilers to a movie before they watch it because you, you know like people pe- different people enjoy medium in different ways, right? Media in different ways, and that's totally fine. But I know you were like you didn't quite understand. It's like we're gonna, about to watch this movie in theaters in about twenty minutes. Why are you reading the synopsis of it, mm-hmm. right? So. For you, like, I know you, you, you say you watch, like, a lot of these, like, top 10 lists, and mm-hmm. oh, I would say they always spoil something. So, kind of, like, do you still continue to do that? Or, like, are you okay with being spoiled with things that you know you're probably going to watch in the future? Well, less so. I le- I watch less of them now. But I think more than anything, it was a, a, an, a side effect or an emergent feature of my kind of low opinion of horror that I don't care right. if horror movies get spoiled for me or not because they're like not real movies but obviously <laughs> I have a different inclination now I, I try yeah. to avoid horror mm-hmm. movie lists although at this point I have to say when I do watch one basically all 10 of the ones on the list are ones we've done before so right, it's not right. like it's not like many others <laughs> so this movie was spoiled before this podcast started so Mm -hmm. if if it had been after i would have been probably avoiding of whatever was happening this movie because i would assume we watched it at some point if it's like a top 10 lists uh of like independent films released in the last five years probably some i haven't seen no i'm not gonna watch that 
Right. Okay. Mm. So it was like, your your opinion just, of horror which got you to watch those. I lists. don't know. It'd be like a list of like top ten horror monsters or that kind of thing. Mm, right. It's like okay, sure. <laughs> whatever. Godzilla yeah. and I don't know if Freddy Krueger even counts, but that you know. So I, I would right. say it was a side effect of um, my erstwhile low, low esteem of <laughs> yeah. this genre well it's it's time to switch <laughs> over luke you can do uh you can start watching top 10 anime plot twists there you that's go right. that's right yeah there you go now i don't i don't i i esteem anime higher than i did the average horror film before this podcast oh we should do ah. a horror anime movie then <laughs> oh we should i wonder if there's enough animated horror movies to fill out a I'm month i'm sure there is Coraline sure is like some is a Coral horror movie so terrifying fucking terrifying <laughs> <laughs> it's so scary anyway are we off topic again yes no i'm, I'm done i'm done I'm alex done. is yeah. done Sorry. no i i um i had a point i wanted to make to what you said alex but i can't remember it so it doesn't matter we're gonna go and we're gonna hear the trailer next so if you haven't watched this movie we will spoil it and this is kind of one where if you go in not knowing the twist i think the twist being revealed to you is more interesting than I don't know. Maybe we can get your thoughts on this later, especially Luke, who knew the twist going in. Mm. But um, I was glad I didn't know what the twist was before watching it. So if you're someone who wants to watch the movies before we talk about them, do that while the trailer's going on. And if not, enjoy it. Enjoy the discussion that's coming. And also check out DoesTheDogDie.com. There's trigger warning for some like pretty gory parts in this movie and some trauma. There's a lot, as with all horror movies, there's lots of trauma. And uh, we'll be back in one to two minutes <coughs> damn it <laughs> Rob would have loved this place he's a good man the best of us you know what they have walking trails in England pubs come on man where's your soul oh, oh, it's twisted it's twisted alright yep. oh, easy easy look we go southwest through here we cut the journey in half or through the forest yeah why not should have gone to Vegas. Oh, you'd have found something to fall over in Vegas too, mate. Now, is it me, or is it really quiet in here? <laughs> it's been gutted. Could be hunters out here. On bait, possibly. Or it's the bit they don't show you in the nature documentary. It's a warning. We shouldn't be here. Where the hell are we, Huts? We should pitch the tents. This is ridiculous, man. Luke, you're getting soaked. Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear anything. Come on. This is one where I have to read on two tabs because there's no synopsis Ooh. on the Wikipedia page. What? Yeah, it's cra- it's crazy. Uh, okay, The Ritual is a 2017 British horror film directed by David Bruckner and written by Joe Barton. It stars uh, Rafi Spall, Arshur Ali, Robert James Collier, and Sam Trot- Trofton? Troughton, probably. 
Yeah, a group of old college friends reunite for a trip to a forest in Sweden, northern Europe, but encounter <laughs> menacing presence there stalking them. Yeah, as as opposed to okay. Sweden, Nebraska, right? Mm. Right. Uh, and point just one small point of uh, of correction is Rafe Spall is what his how you say Rafe? his name. Uh, okay. Rafe, yeah, Rafe Spall. Okay, so Alex, your first impressions of the ritual. Take us away. Yeah, I I think like overall I quite enjoyed this movie. It's like very moody. It's very scenic, like a lot of kind of just lingering landscape shots of of sweden which you know it's Mm -hmm. can be quite beautiful right um lots of like fog and low clouds and all that stuff and it's like it was kind of a slow burn but it wasn't like a bad slow burn because the movie was an hour and a half like if i think if this movie was like two and a half hours i've been like oh my god let's get to it (laughs) but yeah it was a, it was a really good kind of slow burn because the pacing was quite well and there was always something interesting happening and I think this 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 horror movie is kind of unique in that the whole time at least for me when I was watching it I was like oh like what's going on like oh I bet it's cuz demons or I bet it's uh maybe some psychological shit but mm-hmm. it turned out to be quite as literal as it could have been based off of the context clues that you're given at the start of the movie. And I mm-hmm. think that's a nice welcome change, right? Like, it's more so, like, a lot of the time we're trying to guess, oh, what, what's it going to be? Oh, is there going to be a twist? Honestly, there was no, like, in in my mind, this wasn't really a twist movie. It was just, like, the reveal happened. It was like, yeah, that makes total sense that okay. that's what happened. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it, and I had a good time watching this. Nice. I had fun watching it, and I think that, like I mentioned, uh, uh, the first part, not knowing the twist going in was exciting, and it made all the parts that sort of led up to the big reveal of the twist really interesting. Um, and this might sound counterintuitive because you know we do love our answers on this podcast, but it feels like this movie would have been scarier for me overall if we did not get the answer of like what the beast was and what the sort of the ritual that happened was it. And it felt kind of like they had a really cool idea for a spooky woods monster thing. And then they're like, we can't just call this movie spooky woods monster. What if we called it? I don't know the ritual. And then there was a ritual involved. And so it it kind of felt a little bit out of place and we'll get into it a little bit more but it seemed to me that like the monster that's chasing them had no need for this ritual like it seemed like the monster was quite capable of finding these people without like them being sacrificed at the end and so i kind of was like oh i kind of wish i didn't get the answer even though like most of the times in movies i'm like i want more answers and this one i would have been like oh wow like that's terrifying something chased him in the woods and then he got away somehow i'm i'm you know, maybe I'm grass is the grass is greenering it a little bit, but I was I was kind of like I wish I didn't get to know uh, the why behind it because it I felt like it took some of the took some of the scare out of it for me. But I wonder what your opinion is, Luke. <laughs> well, I would say first of all, I think this movie. I think we're four for four in meeting the threshold of the month's prerogative of being scary i mean even though i knew what was happening because i knew the ending i put myself in the place of not knowing anything and it was like tense and creepy and really um atmospheric and so i think it was scary uh not as scary as some of the other ones we've done but 
I think it meets the bar. So four for four. Mm-hmm. Good job, mm-hmm. team. Let's go. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, I mean, first of all, this movie's kind of beautiful. Like the cinematic elements of it reminded me of The Witch more than any other movie we've done. And I think it's because okay. it was a forest. And like you were saying, clouds, like these lingering shots on trees uh, longer than you expect a movie to linger on um, like a landscape or something like that. So I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. that kind of like forlorn, like you felt you kind of felt the isolation that the characters were feeling by the cinematography. Mm -hmm. And I really like when uh, movies can do that. The actual story is... I enjoyed it in the sense that it's based at least loosely on folklore. So, you know, we've talked about how that's something I enjoy in horror films and this motor beast at the end being a bastard daughter of um ah, of Loki. Loki. I read it uh and being a oh, Jotun. Loki, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I liked it. He's like, yo, it's a Jotun, like, you know, from Norse mythology, although I did a little bit of research and i don't think it was mentioned in norse mythology i think it's created for the film but that doesn't matter because the jotun were giants and this was a huge mm-hmm. beast so i liked that that was their take on it mm-hmm. i mean very unique end, beast too yeah and the end ritual is i think like the reason that the main character luke was spared and and marked like the other cult members was apparently anyone who's experienced deep emotional pain has the sympathy of motor and won't be killed and can live ah. live forever so like all of these cult members are like hundreds of years old apparently mm-hmm. and they're immortal because of this ritual so i don't know if that changes your thoughts about it at all i mean i guess yes they mm-hmm. could have done it but Maybe it was in the interest of the cultists to get them there to sacrifice them so they could keep living forever. I guess so. <laughs> like uh, Motor took out two half the party before they yeah. got to the village. <laughs> so, like, okay. so I think the horror motifs were mostly pretty good, and then the end reveal. It's like not great, but not terrible either. Okay, for me, it was very middle mm-hmm. of the road. Mm, the kind of part, oh, oh, and like all of the kind of dreamy sideways things that are messing with you, like that's. There's a metaphor in there, I'm sure. I just Oh yeah. I, really... I wrote a note that said the real the real trauma is like his memory. Like the real haunting is like yeah. the trauma he's gone through. Like it's pretty obvious right from the jump. And this is like a critique I have of a lot of horror movies and it's a little bit less obvious because since this movie is British, it's like 15 to 20% smarter than an American film would be. But I just found all of the characters unlikable and kind of stupid and especially it was a master class in poor decision making yeah (laughs) and like that dominant guy was just like fuck that guy you take your meniscus you're gonna sit out here in the you're gonna sit out here in the meadow and we're gonna come back for you later you bitch like he was so so not someone i would want to be friends with and then that other guy phil i didn't i honestly didn't know if his name was phil or jay for half the movie and he was just like useless so we had obnoxious and useless and macho and cowardice it was like they were basically walking stereotypes of different elements of people that are not worth really thinking like not worth being (laughs) 
So I was like, God, I hate all of you. Okay. <laughs> the only Fair good enough. one was the one that got killed at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> but Aww. yeah, the horror, the horror elements and the cinematic elements I thought were pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Just on circling back to the point you said about um, the witch and how it looked like this movie gave me a lot of like troll hunter vibes and wrong turn vibes and like reminded me of those types of movies. And we must learn never, ever, ever go to northern Sweden. <laughs> Fucking just avoid that part of the world yeah. because they are so weird <laughs> up there. Yeah, tourism boards working overtime to amend all this, all these horror movies, huh? Yeah, Sorry, this is Swedish like, horror nerd. <laughs> this was a Midsommar prequel. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that's another one I gave me. Is Midsommar vibes? Okay, but, here's here's my yeah, question. Okay. okay, so the title of the film is called The Ritual, but for the longest time, I thought I didn't think like obviously it's revealed at the end. It's this like pagan cult that's doing the ritual and that's why the film is called the ritual and they're sacrificing humans to this uh to this jotun so that they can live forever very straightforward but for me because like <laughs> couldn't say it simpler <laughs> like I, i'm kind of primed now to think like oh there has to be something more than that or like okay like what's the twist or there right. there's, there's got to be a reason why this thing exists or whatever so I thought for the longest time when they're on the mountaintop and they have like the little shrine made for their friend and they're like drinking and they pour one out and it's like they make like this little thing. I thought that was like an accidental ritual that accidentally Mm. unleashed this monster that was chasing them, which got me to thinking. I was like, that's an interesting premise for a movie, but like you have to be really precise. Like it has to be like the most (laughs) accidental thing ever. It's like, and then it was like, can you... Like, I'm trying to compare it. It's like, can you accidentally cook meth? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm just mixing random shit together that I found under my kitchen sink. Oh, no, I just made the perfect meth. Like, is that a thing? Like, is that an apt comparison? Like, we somehow uh, put our, our friend's picture here. We we uh, we all drink a little bit out of this flask and we poured out exact amount exactly onto the ground. The right yeah. And we put these these candles in a certain location and we all thought the same things and somehow we summon this monster. I believe that's um a thought experiment. <laughs> An actual if you leave um uh 10 monkeys in a room for eternity, will right. they eventually cook meth? That's... Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like was it uh will they eventually write uh was it a tale of two cities? Yeah. Yeah, Shakespeare. Wor- yeah, tale of two cities. Or worst of times. It was the blurst of times. <laughs> you stupid monkey. Yeah, I mean I, that's like I guess not there's not a, a 0% chance of that happening, but yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, all the combinations have to be just right, and, you know, we've seen enough horror movies where there is, like, a confluence of rare happenstance and coincidence that brings about this, so I can totally see you going on that journey where you're like, oh, shit, did they, like, summon his spirit, and now he's mad at them for, like, burying him in Sweden, and now he's a like a zombie who's chasing him down and he's like, I actually hate Sweden. Why'd you bury me here? I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to yeah. kill all of you. That's what, so that's what I thought the ritual was at first. I was like, Oh, it's a twist on the thing at the very start of the movie that they did. And then it turns right. out, no, it was just pagan cult actually doing a ritual with an actual God. So much, much more straightforward than what I thought it was going to be. Well, actually, hang on. That makes me question now. Like was the ritual, the first night they spent in that like horror house 
again, not enough questions asked before going in, um, into this like scary, scary house where Luke had his, everyone had their dreams and they found that effigy up in the attic and he woke mm. up with that like mark on him. Was that the ritual where it's like, you've been marked. I'm going to make the next three days of your life a living hell and then you'll yell at me from a clearing and that'll be the end of the movie. Like, was that first night the ritual or was the... The, yeah, the sacrificing of Dom to the creature uh, in the village. Was that the ritual? I think there's enough ambiguity there to satisfy both. But I think that like mountaintop grave was just like, this is the this is just our like memorial and it's a bit of a red herring. Maybe you're like, oh, maybe something will happen with this because, yeah, candles and circles and rocks and nature and whatever. Like that's that's like prime demon time. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, nope, just kidding. It's something else. So maybe. Yeah. So I, I was I was misled for, I would say, about maybe half the film. And then mm-hmm. once it was like pretty clear what the reason this thing was out there for, it was like, okay, I guess I was uh, I was kind of bamboozled from the start, but I'm, I'm on board for the rest of the ride. Mm. I was bamboozled in a different way because I thought that Hutch was like, I thought he was a double agent. I thought he was up to something. I didn't trust him at first because when there's like all these things happen where it's like, oh, yeah, Dom hurt himself. So we'll take this shortcut through the woods. I'm like, hmm, pretty sneaky. Why would you suggest the woods? And then he's like, we'll stay at this house that is in the woods. Like, hmm, you don't seem to be reacting as strongly as you should at coming upon this like abandoned house that's scary. And then he's the first one who dies of the four and so i was like hmm pretty convenient that now you're not in the picture and you can go about making more (laughs) ritual stuff and then when he finally showed up splayed like hung in the trees with all his (laughs) intestines ripped out i was like hmm maybe not but maybe maybe still something i don't know (laughs) oh way to fake your death man (laughs) way to go nice job with your intestines (laughs) yeah i just think i think he was because i knew the ending i think he was just naive because walking through the forest Mm. i think he honestly thought there was just Nothing to fear. <laughs> but he was wrong. There was something to fear. But there, even without a <laughs> Loki Jotun beast, there are things to be worried about in a forest. Bears! Always fucking gods. bears. <laughs> bears. Getting lost. Not knowing first aid. Like, like at this, this Dom guy like tears his meniscus in a meadow. You think he's going to handle yeah. a forest that has elevation? <laughs> right? Don't worry. We'll just go straight across all these mountains. Dom, you're fine. You can just, like, hobble along. But the the sort of setup to get them to this hike in Sweden, for people who didn't watch the movie, is, like, there are these, like, college friends. They've all been friends for a really, really long time. They're all out on a night, and they're trying to decide where they're going to go on this, like, lad's holiday. Uh, Luke and, like, the, their one friend, I think his name was Rob, they go to um, this liquor store. There's a liquor store robbery and, and Rob dies. But they're all arguing about where they want to go for this holiday. And um, it I struck me. I can't believe me... one of them said, I don't want to go to Abita. Abita? Right. It struck me as how like a great place to go. many countries you can get to from the UK. Like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Just like, they're like, what if we go to like the France? What if we go to France? What if we go to Spain? What if we go to Sweden? I was like, Jesus, <laughs> everything's so close in Europe. But, All right, come on. We got. Yeah. Do you want to go to Alberta? Do you want to go to Saskatchewan? Do you want to go to no. Manitoba? No. <laughs> <laughs> we got our version of no. that. We got our version of we that. We do. Yeah. 
Do you want to go to the Rockies or the Maritimes? <laughs> a three-day trip. But yeah, so they the, the only reason they're on this hike is because Rob was the one who suggested that they do this big hike, you know, this hike between Sweden and Norway. And they're like, no, we don't want to do that. And then he dies. And they're like, well, I, I guess we have to go on this hike now. And so it it sets them up, though, as like the four least qualified people to go on a multi-day pack-in, pack-out hike that you've ever seen. Like these boys were simply not prepared for the hike. And I have a rule when I go on hikes is that I want to make it so that nothing I do on the hike can be classified as an ordeal if it were to be reported on the news. Like no ordeals <laughs> on the hike, and these guys, it was ordeal after ordeal. Ugh. Yeah, I have a I have a similar rule when it comes to hiking. Um, it's called no hikes. Oh, mm. <laughs> is that why you never did the take a hike program? No, I I'm just not really into hiking. I say I am sometimes, and then I'm like, no, I don't want to actually. Hey, Alex, you want to go on a hike? Sure. No, actually, I don't want to. Like that's how fast it takes for me to change my mind. Yeah, I mean, I think to reiterate what I said at the beginning, that's like the weakest part of this film is how one how this movie decides to make all of its characters one dimensional and put them in this situation where some flexibility of mind and thinking is important because the contrast between how predictable every single character is every single moment of the movie is like i don't know especially considering this movie is so new like i'm thinking of other modern films like it follows or hereditary or pie whack it where all the characters are not exactly like real life but much more have much more fidelity to being conflicted and complicated Mm -hmm. and um a little bit more realistic whereas it felt like all four of our characters were kind of one note Motors, (laughs) Motors, <laughs> you know, like they they just kind of had one drum and they banged it the whole movie, and then they mm. kept first act one note bang, second act one note bang, third act one note bang. Some of you are dead, yeah. and like there's like a tiny little bit of change at Luke at the end, but not much. So no, I was a very small arc, yeah, very underwhelmed by the characters' interaction with the narrative, mm-hmm. and you know that brings the movie down even though it looked beautiful (laughs) that's just what i thought about it It was like yeah like i don't i don't care about these different decisions because there isn't any Mm -hmm. sort of like weight to them because the way that the characters are they're kind of fated to make every decision that they do make like Mm -hmm. knowing what all of them are like in the meadow is you can guess every single decision they're going to make throughout the whole movie which which is not good storytelling well it's it's not good storytelling but it's also like it is the unfortunate trope of horror movies where it's like these aren't people these are personifications of you know a complainer or a a guy with trauma or a person who Mm -hmm. like doesn't like overestimates their abilities in a given situation or phil a guy who is there like they're (laughs) they're so like you're right they're so one-dimensional and it's important that we can watch you know that's what the movie needs because it just has to be like, well, they have to like get into these situations so that you can sit back on your comfy couch and go like, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that either. 
idiots right like it, yeah. and it's sort of i don't know it's like a fun way of watching where you're just like well that would simply not happen to me because i would not be in that situation and like so many times in this movie it was like shouldn't have done that nope shouldn't have done that either like you shouldn't have done <laughs> any of what you did lads like sorry it was it was a bad choice from from the jump and it didn't seem like they were prepared at all for this adventure like they they took it on in memory of their dead friend and who knew that the dead friend would be the one who was the best prepared to survive the cycle? And they are way too old to not be prepared for something like this. Right? Like, they're all married and have kids and have, like, jobs and businesses. You know, they have, like, they have, like, the lashings of character development where, like, Dominic references that he's got his wife is Gail and he's got some kids. And Phil is talking about how he's like, I'm actually doing quite well. Look at these shoes I bought. They're 200 pounds. Like, it's just like, okay, so he's, like rich it's like these people have their lives sorted to an extent but they aren't like they're not woodsmen and they're not like ready to take on the Uh, yeah problems of a hike yeah fucking like anyone with a brain who has known this dom character as long as he has like well if he cracks a nail on this trip we're pretty fucked (laughs) because he's useless when he's hurt and the chances of him cracking a nail on a hiking trip seems plausible so we should have a contingency plan for this well, idiot. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I totally agree on all these points, but I feel like they probably, in normal circumstances, wouldn't have done this trip. No, that's what they yeah. say. They have right? that argument. It's like, He's like, we wouldn't be here yeah. if it wasn't for you. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, of course, like, if it was regular times and I wanted to go on this hike, but I, I knew I had a friend like Dom, like, we're probably not going to do it. Or at least would do it with him, or mm-hmm. he definitely wouldn't be here. But it's like the circumstance of they're doing it for the memory of Rob. That's why mm-hmm. they're there. So you know that part was you know I guess that's why Dom is there, and I guess that's why um, yeah everyone else decided to bring him. But then no, I, I agree with everything else. Like they're just they they were like woefully underprepared and like very inexperienced for like doing a three day kind and of really trek. loud about like, it. Like yeah, Phil <laughs> was fucking hiking in jeans. <laughs> right like i'm sure that rob would have been fine with a memorial to like a day hike around england like you don't have to go to sweden and hike between two countries in mountains in like inhospitable terrain to honor your friend like you know and like the the whole dynamics of the group i wish they had been able to develop it more like this movie being 94 minutes long was great but i i would have been okay with five more minutes of like character development because we really only get the fact that they're like they're like college friends they've been friends for a long time and maybe they're starting to grow apart as a group of friends and maybe they're starting to like oh maybe i don't actually get along with them but we've been friends for such a long time that like i don't want to start making new friends when i'm old now and it and it kind of speaks to this sort of like transition period of your life where you are suddenly like oh like the people i went to high school with i don't vibe with anymore the people that i went to college with like we've grown apart as people and like sometimes that happens and these guys you know maybe they should have been like well maybe we don't hang out as much and that's a bit sad but also it can be good for people when they're like you know they just like just talk about stuff because like they didn't communicate at all and then it explodes when they're like two days on the trail and they have a big a big manly fight about everything (laughs) i feel like that's just dom's fault dom's just a dick yeah but also, okay, like Dom 
sucked and they're like oh dom's such a baby anytime he gets hurt he's like he overemphasizes it and he overcomplains about it but he did like tear his meniscus he like was really hurt and they're all just like shut up dom you're fine keep walking on it walk through the pain it's like check first aid just maybe check to uh, be sure yeah mm-hmm. what is, was, is it a hypochondriac? hypochondriac yeah maybe yeah maybe he's one of those people so he thought he tore his meniscus and they're like this motherfucker's <laughs> done this before <laughs> like we're not carrying yeah. him but again, I think one of the this movie kind of skates by some of these things that are only mm, understood on reflection because since they're British, they are more clever than like the oh. the they just sound clever. The dialogue and the prose of yeah. their speaking it makes it sound more clever than the kind mm-hmm. of more holistic takes on their characters actually is. So right. all of the digs, all of the rips, all of the cynicism and sarcasm which is uh i think that's like uh cynicism and sarcasm what's that's cynerasm or sarnism that's like sarnism sarnism yeah that that's (laughs) like uh that could be the epitaph on uh britain (laughs) it's sarnism right that combination of sarcasm and cynicism is uh their Uh, greatest gift to the world let's say it's so dry (laughs) it's so dry too that it makes everything they say sort of sound yeah, it sounds more smart than the words actually and, are. And snarky and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, I enjoyed the banter a little bit so that it kind mm-hmm. of glossed over the fact that these are so uncomplicated characters in their portrayal in this movie. It, again, it's like, mm. I this is not simply a horror movie critique I have. I, I just so, I don't, I like, I so like being surprised or at least not expecting a, not being able to guess what is going to be the next decision made by a character in a movie or a book or whatever, right? Right. And that's why I love some of these better horror movies we've done where in It Follows, Jay is this pretty blonde young woman. In stereotypical things, you could predict what any pretty blonde woman is going to do in a movie but she doesn't she's like more complicated and thoughtful and you get mm-hmm. that's what that's the joy of movies is <laughs> getting surprised to me that's like kind of a definition of art is something that takes you out of your loop and surprises mm-hmm. you a little bit and mm-hmm. this movie just didn't <laughs> with any of the characters right. it's like oh okay this is the way luke is from the beginning here's how he'll react in this situation yep that's <laughs> how he did it i bet you he'll act like this in the next time they're like oh yeah that's it's like Ooh, i bet you phil will be useless again yeah he's useless yep. again i bet you he'll be useless <laughs> the next time they need him yeah oh yeah oh he is oh it turns out so it's just i don't know it it, it you know how you say billy you don't like when you can guess the plot right like it's fun yeah. it's more fun when the plot actually surprises you as opposed to you guess it five Mm -hmm. minutes before it happens yeah and the character version of this was just all over this movie it's like yeah i know what they're gonna do the next time there's a tense moment because we've already established what note they are what they do yeah (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. and and so it's not that there can't be some realism in some of these people it's just that it's not it's just a, a less imaginative form of character creation than some of the better movies we've done right yeah i think like the characters 100 percent are very weak in this movie and like the only kind of change that we see at all is like at the start of the movie luke freezes and that's why rob is a reason why rob dies and then at the end of the movie he takes action and that's like 
the most yeah. in-your-face kind of character development that there is, and then nothing <laughs> yeah. else outside of that. Yeah, no. plus um, I also was a little bit pissed off that they blamed Luke for this and not the two guys that stabbed Rob. Like, talk about <laughs> fucking, like, ugh. There's a whole different podcast on on <laughs> misattribu- misattributing blame in these kind of situations. Right. But right. I was like, no, it's not Luke's fault that Rob's dead. It's the guys who murdered him's fault that he's yeah. dead. Why do they get off the hook? Because they're robbers or criminals? Right. And I think like we see that with Luke at the start where it's like he has a desire to want to help, but he's like he hesitates, right? Like we see him, he grabs a bottle of vodka in the liquor store and he flips it around and it's like, okay, is he gonna like smash it and like come to the defense of his friend and then it like happened so quickly that the two that robbers who are holding up the liquor store just like attack rob out of nowhere like they attack him so fast they're trying to get his like wedding ring and he's like no 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 here's my wallet like whatever and then they just like jump on him and like luke has no time to react and so i think he is dealing with a lot of survivor's guilt and i think he feels like if he had done something maybe then he could have saved Rob's life. And yes, it's unfair that the other three friends, the only one who explicitly says it is Dom because they have the most confrontation. But like you can tell that the other two friends kind of are like, well, yeah, Luke, why didn't you do anything? You could have done something. It's like, you know, maybe they heard why weren't why weren't they like, why didn't they go into the liquor store? Maybe you could have done something if you also went to liquor store. Why? You know, like, but yeah, like, why not be mad at the people who murdered your friend instead of the person who was in a scary situation and wasn't thinking clearly and couldn't be thinking clearly because of all the like terror going around and so i don't really know what my point is here but it's like yeah like why luke luke can be mad at luke because he has regrets and that's something that happens but like it's not fair for dom or phil or hutch to be mad at luke yeah i mean and it's just it's a little too easy to say oh if i would have been you in that situation i would have jumped at two people with a a machete and a knife with a with a vodka bottle like i would have and you didn't so i'm strong and you're weak you know that kind of thing like Like, it's just too easy 100 percent dom wouldn't have have run out (laughs) yeah Yeah. no chance (laughs) and 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 i think the movie also like now, this is my interpolation, so it's not the movie isn't like this, but the movie paints Luke as employed, urbane, mm-hmm. intelligent, upper middle class, maybe, or at least middle middle class. And the two mm-hmm. criminals at the beginning are <laughs> maybe Cockney, Love. Chav, yeah. probably poor, probably uneducated. And yeah. I just think that there's this kind of tendency in modern society to find blame for the first person and not the second person. Like the fact that these people may have been poor and uneducated are mitigating factors in our feel of blame for their behavior. Mm -hmm. Whereas for Luke being the kind of upper class educated person, like he could have done better. He could have known better. And so like the sociologist Mm -hmm. in me is seeing that through that lens of this. And I just don't like that because it's like, well, no, 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 no. (laughs) To drive a machete through another person you don't need to know Dickens and Descartes to know to not do that, right? <laughs> right. So I just don't, I don't buy it. Right. I don't fucking buy it, movie. <laughs> mm. Okay. You know what is interesting, though? For how shallow these characters are, that's all we've talked about so far. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you might... <laughs> I'm just yeah, shitting on You might have a good point, but like, I really wanted to bring up the fact that uh, this is very surface level, but like, I can't think of any other horror movies that have many lukes in them 
I was just thinking about that name. Like we've had oh. a, a lot of Billys in horror movies, a lot of yeah. Alexes, but I can't think of any other horror movies we've done mm. with Luke's. Like notable. I uh, I sure can. I sure can. Can you tell me? It's called okay. The Last Which Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> that movie horrified me more than any movie I've ever seen, Billy. Ha ha ha. Okay. <laughs> but we'll take take Star Wars out of it. Like yeah. I, in terms of like horror canon, I can't think it's it doesn't seem to be one that crops up, which is just interesting to me. I wrote in my notes very early on, I was like, Well, Luke is Luke in this group of friends is the most handsome of all of them, so he is clearly the final girl of this movie. And yeah. that is correct. He is one hundred percent like he is the character <laughs> of the final girl. He has like I think that's the subjective, trauma hap- though, right? <laughs> what do you I mean? thought I thought Phil was the best looking one. Okay, yeah, Phil was Phil was a handsome guy, but like Luke is very clearly set up to be the one who like has the trauma and he does the growing, right? Like, you know, you said it's small. It's like he doesn't do something at the start of the movie and by the end he does do something. And so like that is and he's the one who survives. So that's like, you know, final girl in horror movie is Luke. So, you know, good for him. He did survive and now he has to like we don't know what happens to him after this, but he makes it. And so the the archetype of the final girl is interesting and it's it's fun to see in a movie that has maybe two female three female characters like total. I thought that was I thought that was interesting to just be like, <laughs> yeah, Luke, look at him. He's the final girl. <laughs> Speaking of the female characters though, the the end of this movie was like like the I would say for the most of this movie I was like I was pretty like tense. And, you know, the characters were intense as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it was like, it was kind of like uh, on the edge of your seat, not knowing what's going to happen. Oh, it's pretty gory. Oh, this monster fucking means business. Mm-hmm. But there were two parts, like, close to the end that I found, like, just oddly, like, very weird kind of physical comedy that was just like, why is this, why Why did they make it like this? So the first one was mm. when he, uh, he just punches the old lady. <laughs> he shows up outside. Yeah. He just punches he just her. That's well, what I would have done. <laughs> I know, but it, it was like it, it felt so out of place. Like what? The, like it, it felt like something out of a Mr. Bean movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. totally. Or like in, in in Royal Tenenbaums, when like the the priest is just rolling down the stairs. That's what it felt like. And then right. the other one was like when he has the gun, and the 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 other cult member kind of like sees him and confronts him, and he's like his gun jams. He doesn't know what happens, and it like. It like fires in a very comedic way. Yeah, mm-hmm. like those two, those two instances just kind of pulled me out of the movie. In in, mm. in what would have been a very tense moment, I like laughed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah, I found it very odd that that's like the two kinds of things that they decided to keep in this movie because it just mm-hmm. it fucked up with the the kind of pacing <laughs> as well as the uh, the feel of the movie in mm. the moment. Like it broke, yeah. it broke character really hard. Hmm, I think I yeah, I can see that. This movie's pacing is great and its plot reveals are great. So I don't want to just sound mm, like okay. I, I disliked this movie because when the characters were kind of not talking to each other and experiencing the horror motifs around them, it was extremely compelling. And mm-hmm. very compelling. Tense and atmospheric and dark. And you do feel like the more the most human elements of this are you feel their confusion and their fear and their non-comprehension so all of Mm -hmm. that is really well done and so i just didn't want to sound like i only disliked this movie so that no that reminded me of that alex yeah that's fair and like to the point of the weird physical comedy there's one other part i wanted to bring up 
uh, when he goes into the, I guess, part of the house where there's like the church and all the the mummies and skeletons are inside the church, which was such a weird part of the movie where the way I figured it out or the way I figured it was these were all people who were in the cult for even longer than like the oldest living ones there. And they're just like, they're still alive, even though their bodies are super desiccated and they're in this like weird mm. church. You remember that part where they're like, he just goes in and is just like, yeah. he's got a torch and there's just like 50 mummies and they're all sort of raggedly yeah. wheezing and it's very creepy. And I really like how his reaction, I was like, this is the first good decision ever. Cause he just like takes a torch and just like slowly it presses up. it against the face of one of them and then slowly presses it to somebody else. I was just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I can kind of like, uh, he's, he's lighting the advent calend- uh, candles at Christmas time in the church or something. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, no, 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 no. Burn, <laughs> burn. That would be a good twist in a, in a, like a church horror movie where all of the candles around the church are actually the encapsulated souls of previous saints oh. or something and you're letting them free. Yeah. Ooh. Don't light the black candles. There are the demons we have trapped. And then someone's like, Uh-oh. what? Oh, no. <laughs> I lit the black candles. Nice. Okay. So logistical Kay. question about this movie. Let's do it. So Luke was marked by, Motor. I assume- Motor. The the monster, yeah, yeah. It's not said in the movie, but I found it. His, the monster's name is Motor. Motor, yeah. He's M-O-D-E-R. got like five little marks. Motorhead. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like uh, what is it? Lenny Lenny Kilmeister, whatever his name was. Lenny, Lenny Kilmeister. Yep. <laughs> Kilmeister. Yeah. <laughs> Luke was marked by Motor, and according to the cult lady, if you're marked, you have a choice to either, you know, bow down, worship Motor, and. Mm-hmm join this cult and yeah. be given immortality or motor will hang you up from the trees right if you defy so right up until luke is actually given that knowledge and given the choice of bowing or dying mm-hmm. was he ever in any real danger i guess not mm. right because like obviously motor picked luke out of the four to mm. mark and be given that choice but it's not like motor was like by the way, because you're marked now, you can either bow to me and get immortality or you'll die like all your friends. Like, Luke never knew that until the mm-hmm. cultist member told him. Yeah. So it's like, did, was Motor going to wait until Luke was given the information and understood the, you know, the situation? So, which well, would make sense because Motor yeah. was the one that marked him in the first place. It certainly does stand to be in the realm of possibility because we see the abilities of this creature like uh, this creature is super fast it's super strong it can lift up you know an elk and pin it into a tree like 20 feet off the ground it has no problem taking out the other people in the party and so why would it be hesitating on luke if its aim was to like kill everyone right away like it's just leading him towards this cult thing where he can make the choice so that actually does serve as an explanation for like why did they get away with it from now because it looked like if motor had wanted to motor could have like walked into their tents where they're all sleeping at the same time and just like picked all four of the tents up at once and like bash them against the trees and movie over like it didn't seem like motor was limited in its like abilities and like let luke it was able to escape from like his cunning it, it was very much like oh yeah you're escaping okay i won't chase you mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. 
Well, I feel like Motor was li- okay. So Motor was obviously limited to the forest because, like, at the end yeah. of the movie, Luke escapes and Motor can't chase after right. him. But did it also seem like Motor really only showed up when it was like either like dusk or nighttime? Like, I don't think they ever Motor mm. ever revealed itself. Like in we the middle see, of the day, not revealed, but we see Motor like two or three times in the daytime through the trees. Yeah, there's the there's the one scene with the hand, right? Like oh, when when Luke climbs up the ridge and you see that, yeah, the hand, and then also um, there's one scene when there's only three of them left and they're kind of climbing up a hill and it's like a distance shot through the trees and you can see right. in the background yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Motor standing yeah. there the whole time and then moves along with it okay so motor, motor stalks and observes during the day and mm-hmm. murders at night yeah makes okay. sense but even at the end like you could tell like motor didn't really want to kill luke because she had at least three opportunities to just stomp him in the head and she didn't <laughs> yeah right yeah. <laughs> and like yeah she was w- well outmatched or no, he was well outmatched against motor because this what did we think of the design of motor like this creature looked fucking awesome yeah, it was cool. It was Maybe. like a, it was like, like a, a, a centaur, centaur really. goat, human, yeah, a moose it, hybrid. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a human that was upside down as the front of this deer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like, a, like it had hands. It had head. like physical human hands. It had like a, like a little orifice With its <laughs> in eyes. the chest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it looked well, really like it was just so it was very unsettling and then mm-hmm. it was never I guess you you did finally see like it fully reviewed a few times, revealed a few times, but it wasn't like as much as Motor showed up at the end, I never thought they overshowed her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know how sometimes like like lip face like lipstick face demon they showed yep. lips, lipstick face demon too many times at the end mm-hmm. and it became less scary and more comedic. Right. Like this thing it was like it's just it was like so unnatural so you can never really understand what you're looking at but then it's also scary but mm-hmm. then also they never overshowed so you're still wondering like did, did i see what i actually saw you're questioning that because there's no frame of reference right. for you to kind of pinpoint well, what it actually is supposed to look like. and the first mm-hmm. time we get like the full view when it's like not a cut or a quick thing it's like right in front of a burning building so it's also kind mm-hmm. of an unnatural setting to see something is like it during a yeah, right. fire so it's also got that extra like kind of mordorian <laughs> feel to yeah. that scene <laughs> yeah i thought it looked yeah, I wrote down a description of it because I was like, I really want to try to write down and describe this. This is not great for a visual podcast. So if you still don't know what it looks like after this, I encourage you to look it up. It's like <laughs> it's like this quadruped deer or moose, like really long sort of antler, like an ungulate legs. Right. So like four legs. But then the head is like the torso and face in a shawl and where the jawbone of the horse would be was like two full human arms and it had little like burning red eyes yeah. i actually wrote down it looks like this is what i imagined the jawa queen might look like we know we've never, we've never <laughs> yeah, seen them in definitely star wars <laughs> um but it was just it was very unique it had like spines all down its back and like it had antlers huge antlers when we see the effigy of it, it's like just the effigy of, I guess, the head part of this beast in the in the first house, where it's like they're looking at it and it looks like a person, but the legs look like hands, and that was really weird. And then it doesn't have a visible head on this like straw statue, so it's like they call it like 
what's this a god of a god with no head and antlers for arms because it like looks like where in the shoulders and arms would be there's this big spreading rack of antlers it's just like one of the most interesting creatures i think we've seen like well you know i would say very interesting definitely like i i would imagine it is a pretty decent manifestation of what a norse folkloric monster could look like through the stories because you know it like has all of the natural elements of like animals that live in that area goats and deer Mm -hmm. and moose and elk so it has that animal element but then also the human right like it's basically you know south park has man bear pig and the (laughs) norse mythology has a moose elk person (laughs) You know, moose elk lady, I guess. And and so I appreciated that they made a Jotun that, even if it doesn't exist exactly in Swedish folklore, it's the Mm -hmm. kind of thing that probably would if, you know, counterfactual, if this was a thing of Norse mythology, it probably would Mm -hmm. look like this, given, given the environment and the superstitions of the people at the time mm-hmm. it it reminds me of like the uh the, the sort of family of cryptids in uh american folklore that are like they're called like the the critters there's some some kind of critters what they are but it's like the jackalope is one it's one of the most benign one but but it's then, then there's like other ones where it's like there's mountain goats that have short legs on one side so they can stand on cliffs better but this sounds like the description of somebody who had like never seen a moose before and maybe like, you know, from like pioneer times where they're like, well, I know what a deer looks like and that's about this size, but I've never seen a moose before. And a moose in real life is fucking huge. And if you've never like had an opportunity to see a moose, you're not prepared for how big they are in real life. So seeing something is like, it's like a deer, but way bigger than a deer. So, you know, it must be something supernatural. It's nothing like I've ever seen. And like, seeing these animals in the wild unexpectedly and hearing them, you know, roar. Like I think moose bellowing can sound quite bestial and quite like a roar. And if you're, if your frame of reference is, you know, white tailed deers, when you see this like giant moose, it's like, Oh, I can't, I can't comprehend that. That's, that's not in my experience. So it must be something supernatural. That's just yeah, sort you of know what I got. It kind of made me think of, so like, I don't, I don't know about the two of you, but like, in, but like I've I've been looking at a lot more AI generated like drawings in the last couple <laughs> months just because it's such a thing. Yeah. But like some of them, some of them are like really goofy and bad. But like the really like the more advanced AI stuff, like you just feed it like descriptions, like and it draws like mm-hmm. incredible pictures. Like I think the, one of the most recent ones I I looked at that I was really impressed at was uh, someone fed a bunch of Game of Thrones locations into like an AI generator as like. Okay. Draw me Casterly Rock, draw me uh, the Red Keep and shit. And they use like all these descriptive prompts and it looked fucking incredible. Yeah. So like what 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 motor kind of got me thinking is like, what if someone were to like put a bunch of words and made <laughs> the AI draw? Like, I feel like that's what AI would generate is like, all right, this is like ancient Norse mythology. We have part part deer, part elk, part grotesque, upside down human, big orifice <laughs> for a chest, yeah. uh, beady eyes, strange hands, and you fed those... Jawa eyes. <laughs> Jawa eyes. What was that? You f- I, so I thought there was like thunder outside, but I guess yeah. someone just fucking died upstairs. I don't know. <laughs> it's murder. 
Watch out. We'll figure it out later. Um, <laughs> they didn't have enough emotional pain in their past, so they weren't given a choice to survive or not. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like I feel like that's what AI would draw this this thing, and it, it looked it looked so unnatural, but like it looked like it'd be something that would have been the imagination of real humans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought Motor was awesome. I thought it was cool. What did we think of the? The first sort of scary set piece in this house, uh, in the in the house they find in the woods. What did we? Uh, what do we think yeah. about the their actions the in there and, and that whole thing? Yeah, the headless effigy house. Mm. I have to say, I think we're in the um, the uh, HCU, the Hereditary Cinematic Universe, mm. <laughs> because <laughs> this has to be payment, right? A headless, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> the severed head. Made out of I honestly thought stuff. of that. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, no head. Is that, it's Tony yeah. Collette going to be in the corner here? <laughs> Interestingly enough, this came out before Hereditary. Yeah. Oh, oh there you go. Yeah. But yeah, yeah no. Uh, if I was in the situation of them, I I would have done the same, right? Like, I don't want to sleep outside in the rain and the cold, and there's mm-hmm. this seemingly abandoned shack, and it has a stove, and we can stay warm and dry. But I I was like, hundred percent, they did what I would have done. No one is sleeping upstairs, mm-hmm. right? No one wants to be upstairs. They just want to leave it the fuck alone. But yeah, yeah. it was it was a cool set piece. This was the part of the movie where I was just like, okay, I was still trying to figure out, is this like psychological? Mm-hmm. Is there a demon? Because like, you see all the rune markings and stuff, so. Yeah. And then a lot of the time, like, I think I, I was kind of thrown off too, because uh, you definitely feel like there's a lot of unreliable narrator, but then all four of them have like a nightmare yeah. the first mm-hmm. night, a weird shit happens, but then you still see his hallucinations and stuff of like weaving in between the forest and like the the liquor store mm-hmm. but it was a reliable narrator because motor can give hallucinations and stuff i guess i guess so like when Dom yeah. sees his wife at the end yeah when they woke up or when when luke is like having this dream and it's like super bright we see the lights the fluorescent lights and he has that whole thing and then he finds hutch like having a nightmare he finds phil upstairs naked praying to the altar and and then dominic is just like screaming about Gail. It took me so long to the point when they like woke up after and they were getting dressed where I was like, oh, this isn't like a double dream. Like I was ready for it to be a double dream. Like Luke wakes up from this like dream where he's had this like recollection of his friend dying. He sees all his friends acting really weird and then he wakes up again. And then I was just like, oh, wait, no, this was something that like the movie is telling us actually happened. Okay, I'm not sure what to think of this movie or what's going on. Well, and there's there's obviously like intended to be some metaphor around regret and reliving your regrets. But to me, the metaphor gets watered down because the metaphor is being done to them by Modor. So it's actually part of the mm-hmm. plot. So, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. less like ethereal and more integral to the story. But I will say like, so if I had found that cabin, if I'm in that situation, it's not exactly the same, but. Nelson has a um, probably higher than average amount of Wiccans in Canada. And growing okay. up, I went on a few canoe trips from the campsite, like my the, the camp I was at with um, some of my counselors. And I remember one time we actually came across like a Wiccan ritual site and it was chock full of animal bones, animal parts, antlers. Oh wow! And it was un- creepy shit. It was creepy shit, and it was it was unnerving. I will say mm-hmm. it was unnerving, but it was like in the middle of the day, and I was with adults and all that kind of stuff. So it's not exactly the same thing. Daytime safety. Yeah, if I if I came across <laughs> that kind of shit, 
I would honestly, being the materialist I am, I would think, oh, there are... <laughs> okay. I, I, it's my true opinion, so I have to say it. I'd be like, I think that there are some prob- there are probably some mentally unstable humans in this vicinity, and we should probably leave. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's it's so set up for it to be scary, where they, like, they come across this thing, it's pitch dark, it's they're on a shortcut, it's pouring down with rain, and you know, you can sort of start to hear like something bellowing in the distance. So it's like, yeah, they're very scary. They're going to like, they're going to go in. But like, this was, this was the point in the movie where I started just like scoffing a lot at their actions where it was like, (laughs) you're not even going to like look all around the building once and just see what's up there. You're not even going to like try with a cursory knock. It's just like, well, I guess we're kicking this door down. And then they like start they're like, oh, we're going to go upstairs. and Let's just send one person upstairs. There are four of you. Two and two, guys. Go in pairs. And the amount of times Never when somebody goes off alone, <laughs> goes off alone, like, it's like, no, st- st- like, stop. Like, Phil, don't go up there by yourself. Bring somebody with you. Even if they're like, Phil, go check it out. Like, you can be like, okay, cool. You're coming with me, Hutch. Like, Luke and Dom stay down here and, like, guard this. Why are they all going to sleep at the same time? Like, nobody's, like, sleeping in shifts. Like, even if I'm, you know... We're worried about, you know, mentally unstable people being around. Just set somebody to stay up, like s- switch off every two hours. Like, OK, mm. I'll stay up for two hours. Then Dom stays up for two hours and then <laughs> hut. like, you know, it was a-, a lot of those times where I was like, you get to be like, well, I wouldn't be in the situation. But then but then I'm like, but if I was, this is how I would do it. And, and I would live. The truth <laughs> is, the movie didn't need to not do that because Motor has the power to right. manipulate them anyway. So even if they had decided yeah. to see- keep someone awake, <laughs> Motor could have fucked with them anyway. Yeah, so exactly. It's just like <laughs> just such a intentional obtuseness on the part of them. Right. Just like, OK. And then like later on, they're. They're hurt, and Dom is like, okay, Luke, you're going to take the compass and go off on your own and get help. And it's like, nope, not a good idea. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Probably should have done that at the start of the movie. (sighs) Probably should have just stayed on the path, even if it would have taken a little bit longer, even if Dom is a whiny bitch. Like, Like, just stay on the trail you're on. No ideas. All this happened because Dom hurt his leg, so obnoxious clumsiness was the true horror all along. (laughs) yeah yeah and it's like i think that's the point of this movie is to like present the characters with a bunch of like points where they could turn back and then they don't because the movie has to keep going and then you get to sit there and be like "Hmm, i'm smarter than them (laughs) wouldn't happen to me (laughs) yeah there's so many times they say what they should do as well but they just don't do it right Hmm. like give us an example i heard them say like we should just turn back and go back the way we go came Mm -hmm. And then Hutch shoots that down, like, every time. It's like, we're already so much... What, what, what is it called? Like, the sunk cost fallacy? We're already yeah. so far into this death forest, we might as yeah. well finish it. <laughs> keep keep going in this death forest. I did, like, the only, the only point that Dom made in the entire movie that I agreed with was when he's like, if it was a shortcut that was actually a shortcut, it would just be called a route. I was just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Shortcuts are never what they are. Like... Humans don't love to make things needlessly complicated on their walks. It's the path of least resistance most of the time. <laughs> if there was a shorter path, it would already be there. They could have made this movie with like characters that wanted to go camping in the forest. It wasn't Yes. It wasn't just like auxiliary and a, and an inconvenience to them, but it's like right? There are people who a like to camp, it be in the woods. 
are more prepared. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't know why the movie didn't write a different motivation for the people in yeah. this situation in the first place. I, I get that they needed the death of Rob as like a inspiration for them to go. And this was his goal. But like you could have had competent campers still get fucked with by motor. Like the, the, uh, mm. I guess then you don't have the ham fisted metaphor element to it if you have that so maybe that's why it was that way yeah, yeah. and then you also probably if you have experienced campers that know what they're doing you won't have a whiny bitch in the movie either and i guess that's what was needed <laughs> yeah but you can still have somebody like you know you could still have good camper version of dom still fall and twist his ankle or tear his meniscus like just because you're skilled doesn't mean that like accidents aren't going to happen to you like right. it, it reminded me at the start of like the start of the descent where all these people are ex- are experienced cave divers and the only reason they get into the trouble in that movie is because the person leading them doesn't tell them they changed the route and so they go somewhere they're not supposed to but they are all capable like if they had done that same setup where it was like hutch or whatever was like we're going on this hike it's very simple but we're pros and then like finds out that like oh there's actually a way better mountaintop to leave our buddy's like ashes in his memorial. I'll just like tell them that's where we're going and not tell them like that. That works just as well. And like to have these like kind of like wrong way. Yeah. Wrong, wrong way, wrong turn. Like to have these like city mice (laughs) just sort of walking in the woods and then being like, no, I've got a compass. We can walk in a straight line through the woods. We have no experience. We'll be fine. It's like, uh, no, you're going to (laughs) die. Okay. So, you know what? Deservedly. So this movie's gotten some of our, uh, vituperation but i have Ooh. to say there was Alex a great hand on that one <laughs> there was a great <laughs> yeah I, I will actually yeah just what'd you say tuberation vituperation um go on are chastising it oxford english dictionary oh chastising it okay chastising yeah okay Chast- chastise uh <laughs> making making fun, fun of. of yeah uh critique what is this fun critique fun? yeah critique <laughs> Uh, so there was one great character in this movie, and I think we have to talk about it, and that was the forest. Holy Ooh, okay. fuck. Yeah. Did the trees play an incredibly good role in this movie? I I like, I don't know, I still don't know what our theme for November is going to be yet, Billy, because you haven't told me, but <laughs> if mm-hmm. other movies use trees and forests as well as this movie do, did, and the witch did, Oh, mm-hmm. there's just something so uncanny about some of the most common things on the planet, which are trees. But if mm-hmm. you put them all together and closely, oh, you can manipulate oh, our yeah. expectations and thoughts and feeling because they move. They, the wind is just, it was like basically perfect. The The forest yeah. of this movie was basically perfect. One of the best settings I've seen in a long time in one of these movies. So I wanted to yeah. give this movie a little kudos. I absolutely that. agree yeah, with think... you. Sorry, go ahead, Alex. Yeah, like, because it's force is supernatural, but like, not supernatural, <laughs> but like, very natural. very natural. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought what was really great about it is you have the naturalness of just a forest. And then they had those, like, every time they had their flashlights out, like a flashlight pointing that kind of artificial light in a forest is not natural anymore mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and it, it's like a weird kind of blend that makes you feel so unsettled when 
like like light gives you safe gives you a sense of safety because you can see what's coming but then I, I i found that when they were pointing their flashlights around that's when i was like more unnerved because mm-hmm. the way that like shadows bounced around each other and like the really bright blue for fluorescent flashlight was so unnatural that that made me feel even more scared mm-hmm. when i should have been feeling safer mm-hmm. you know that happens sitting in my house at night when cars drive by and shadows of the trees from their headlights are flying by my window or something like that. I'm like, Whoa, what was that? You know, like yeah. It's just, it's just freaky. Like, and that's just yeah. a minor version of like what it would be like in a forest. And the forest here are the trees are way more far, far apart than they were in the movie. Like trees mm-hmm. that close together are oh, horror there, movie gold. Yeah, and it's so weird, like, the fact that you can be walking under a canopy of trees and, like, the, the branches all like work together enough that you don't know really what's going on in the outside world. Like it's pouring down with rain. And if you're in a dense enough canopy, you're barely getting any water like dripping on you. And that's like so weird, but you can still hear that. It's like thundering outside and, and it's, it's so close and claustrophobic. And then you to don't add know the what time of day it is exactly. Yeah. To add the darkness, to add the, the thing. And then like Alex, your point about the flashlight, like, yeah, you feel like a flashlight is going to be safe for you because you are able to like look at stuff in the in the trees, but when they're when he was like standing outside the door shining the light into the trees and he's only hitting like the first two trees and then like you can just see that there's like endless trees behind there. All I wanted was like no, like you're not being safe because you can see better. You are showing anything that wants to find you exactly where you are with a literal like light beam pointing at you. Like just the fact yeah. that it's like I was like turn your light off. Turn your light off. Like everyone can see it. You're you're not you're not being safe. <laughs> Whatever is like looking for you can now find you super easily. And I was just like, I don't know. I, this, actually this is a good question I want to bring up. In terms of like horror movie stuff, this would have been great for our ask us anything. Um are you I heard an. You hear a noise that's like crashing around outside. Are you team like ignorance, hope it goes away, or are you team investigate? Like what? What do you? What is your impulse in a in a horror movie? Depends on the noise, really. Okay. Like if it's something where I'm like, I could see that happening. Like if I hear a loud bang, like like I just did upstairs, yeah, (laughs) and it just happened once. I'm like, okay, like I've I've heard bangs like that before. Someone probably dropped something. Someone probably like was placing something down. Whatever. There's there's different kinds of sounds where it's like I can kind of piece together what I think would have happened. Mm-hmm. And then there's sounds where like I've never heard this before, like what the fuck just happened. I would probably investigate. Okay. If it's like a roaring sound like Luke here in the movie Luke hears a couple like roars outside and he's like looking for it. Man, in that situation, I'm team ignorance. I'm team close the door and just like sit like, nope, I don't want to look. I don't want to look. I want it to avoid me. (laughs) In that situation, if like if I'm camping in the woods and I hear a roar, it's like, okay, it's probably like a wild animal that I don't want to fuck with. Right. Because like if if I'm able to. But if, if I heard like, I don't know, a violin playing. I'd be like, what the fuck? That's weird. That shouldn't belong here. I will go investigate that. Oh, no way. Right? A violin? It's, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's 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 contextual, right? Like, right. If, I, if I heard a roar outside my apartment, I'd be like, that's never happened before. And a little I bit more bizarre because you're in an extremely urban area. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's contextual uh, whether I would investigate or I would feign ignorance. Totally. What about what about you, Luke? Are you team ignorance? Well, this happened last week. Like, I woke up in the middle of the night and heard this like loud snorting, digging sound in my backyard, and 
yeah, of course I couldn't look. And it was a bear going through garbage, right? Like, <laughs> but like that's contextual in the sense that I'm in the house and the bear's not getting in the house unless I invited in because it was actually right. a vampire bear. So those are dangerous. <laughs> but, you know, it's like if if I'm in a tent and I hear a bear, I don't know, I probably... <clears throat> I, I I probably try well, to make lots of noise to get it away. Yeah, that's that's actually what you're supposed to do. Turn right. on your light, start a rave. Yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah, Stay I think it's away. very contextual. I think hmm. these thought experiments of like, all right, would you do this or this? I'd be like, well, it depends. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Just back to the forest. Like such a great setting for this movie, and because you can have like the monster just be. 20 feet away, but you can't really see it because there's so many trees in the way. And not to give away my scariest part of the movie, but like creepy fingers, like wrapping around a tree way higher Mm -hmm. than a human can be standing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a fun fact, but it's a fact. This film was shot in Romania. So not Mm. in Sweden. So those are Romanian forests. Yep. Yep. I could see that. The black forests. You've been to Romania, right? A couple times. But yeah. Have you? I will. Yep. I'll be right back. Oh, Luke's leaving. Okay. <laughs> it's probably going to rain to uh, Romania. Just got to go to the. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I call the bathroom. <laughs> okay. Get out of here. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. If you want, I can tell you why I go to the bathroom more during recording than before. You can, sure. <laughs> so I'll get in cut. I'm, I promise. Sh- I'm, I'm sure not, you're not putting this in. Oh, well, if you're cutting it, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> All right. Luke's back. Let's do some final thoughts then. What have you got for this movie that we haven't touched on? Why don't you uh, start us off, Luke? You're at the top of the pile today. Mm. I think we've covered all of it maybe if we've given short shrift to anything it's the cult itself which it's like i guess these are people all throughout history in sweden who have like it's not clear exactly when modor started or when she was born so it's like not like i guess a long time however long there were people living in scandinavia they were creepy and I liked the setting, although it reminded me a little bit of Wrong Turn, which kind of gave it a little bit less of a feel. But like, mm-hmm. it makes me wonder, because this is the second movie now where in northern Sweden, there's like people separated from the rest of the world who are very strange. And I wonder if this is like, there's any sort of Truth cultural to motif to it. Like, is there mm. are there communes in northern scandinavia of people who are more or less cut off from like i wonder if there's a swedish version of mennonites or hutterites or Mm. amish that fit this pagan bill a bit more than Mm -hmm. other places like i just think that that's an interesting thing to have you know two movies of that and i wonder maybe your swedish friend billy can enlighten (laughs) us on if there's any sort of truth to this um, yeah, separated commune of people in northern Sweden. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. Maybe it's all dramatic and just like any sort of any sort of community. I think has like an isolated element somewhere, mm-hmm. and like anywhere that there's like the reach of modern 
humanity has not quite got in like the places that feel more wild the people that exist there it almost feels like a different existence but the, the i think the reason that i didn't bring up the cult much during this episode is because it was actually a point in the movie that i thought could have they could have done without it like it seemed like they need it seemed more like the the the, the, the writer director the writing team needed a reason for motor to be around and so the cult was like added in as a third act kind of like twist to keep people exciting but i was really really enjoying the fact that it's like in the forest you don't see this creature you don't get any any vibe of it at all and then they're just like and now we're going to get an exposition dump in the form of like a cult sacrifice for dom where this lady's like oh yeah it's a loki child it's a giant we worship it and if you worship it you've been marked you can live here forever and be immortal but you have to live here forever because i'm just like well that's that's no choice at all i don't i don't want to i don't know any of you i don't want to hang around with you forever forget it like i'm out there's no wi-fi there's no wi-fi i'm halfway through a episode of game of thrones that i want to get back to i can't i can't stay here uh, and so like i thought the movie I thought I thought the cult stuff was a disservice to this movie. Honestly, I thought if they had kept it as this creepy forest monster where you get some like runes and you you get something and maybe it's like I don't know. It's it would be great, but I didn't love this yeah. like the village vibe that they got with this cult at the end. Just keep it old school man versus Jotun. Yeah, man versus Jotun. <laughs> Tale as old as time. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe again, this is me just like wondering a universe that doesn't exist. Like I, I can't possibly know because that movie doesn't exist, but it just felt like it was one thing. And then it tried to be another thing at the end and it wasn't. Yeah. Eh. So except for the weird physical comedy, the cult stuff was like, what? This is what? what? What's going on? <laughs> Have you got final thoughts, Alex? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it was like, just really i was surprised by not being surprised mm. you know yeah <laughs> it was like it's a nice welcome change that there's no there's no twist ending or whatever it's mm. really exactly what it was the whole time and yeah I, I i enjoyed that aspect of it quite a bit where it's it's like it's it's the the dead dove bag but <laughs> i wasn't disappointed you know sure yeah yeah i thought you know, the monster is very cool. Again, a very unique design of something we hadn't seen. The only other regret that I would maybe say in this movie was I wish they had done a little bit more with the tent that had been buried over in the undergrowth. And they found like the, the wallet from somebody in the 80s. And it was like, oh, that's people go missing all, all over the place. And maybe that, I guess that was resolved in the in the cult with like the the wrong turn room of like all the guns and all the tents and all the <laughs> phones they had captured over the years. But was was yeah. the the wallet of the person they found was that did that belong to the exposition cult lady? See, that's what I thought, but that's what I thought as well. But it was not like I, I we we barely see a picture of the wallet, so and like I wasn't never able to remember that face. But they were both like blonde was. ladies, so I was like, I don't know. But also, if it's Sweden, there's a lot of blonde people there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, it wasn't clear enough that it, if that had been like made clear where she was like you know i was lost like you and i had my family and blah 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 and motor marked me and now i'm safe but 
we didn't get that so yeah although she wasn't turns out she wasn't safe no she she got 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 yeah and then i guess motor was just like i don't like being out of the trees so you're fine to go <laughs> luke don't tell anyone about me gives him the peace signs with her weird mouth hands and off she goes <laughs> all right alex scariest part of the movie yeah i think like this was very there's no real jump scares in this movie it was just mostly atmospheric it was the looming dread of motor and not knowing what it was and when you finally see it being like oh but i will say that actually it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous but the scariest part of the movie for me was when they're climbing the hutch hutch has died and mm -hmm. they're climbing up this hill and phil slips and then you just see luke looking over him oh yeah <laughs> and he offers to help him up i'm like because like luke was at the front of the line mm -hmm. and phil slips so like your concept of time and space where it's like oh it would have taken luke probably this amount of time to safely get back down to help him up but it wasn't there, there right away you just suddenly yeah. see him looking over him and then at that point uh, you're still not sure is this movie full of unreliable narrators like is is he hallucinating that like because mm -hmm. he he was the one that out of the first night it was like the weirdest thing happened to him really like how did he get up to the up the stairs get naked up the stairs naked praying to this effigy so phil for me at that point was the most unreliable narrator mm, okay. so just him seeing luke like just pop into frame that was the scariest like, part ah. of the movie for me <laughs> another uh, uh payment similarity is that you 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 worship that effigy in the nude payment mm -hmm. payment loved his naked yes. cultists yeah that's right that's right luke scariest part mm, i think because i knew that this was ultimately a man versus beast type of movie the slow reveal of the beast wasn't very scary to me because i actually knew what it was so maybe that's sure. one that is one downside of knowing <laughs> the story so even though it wasn't scary per se it was surprised me was actually the scene in the supermarket or in the liquor store at the start of the movie where mm. rob and luke are talking and it's a very like friend-based congenial normal situation and then they look and they see that woman with the black eye hiding oh and yeah all of a sudden you realize very quickly you're in a completely different situation than you think that you're in and, you know, that hasn't happened very many times in my life, but I can relate, you know, it, it, it can it can happen, right? All of a sudden, you're in pleasant, easygoing situation, then you one thing shows you're in a much more serious situation than you thought, and you have to adjust very quickly. Uh, like, for example, in the spring, a little girl at the youth center broke her arm, right? So we've, we're Ooh, going yeah. from kids are playing to, oh, we're in a different, much more serious situation right now. So that that was like the one part of the movie I didn't know about, really. So that one, I'm going to say, even though it wasn't it wasn't scary exactly, but it was unnerving. Sure. Okay. Okay. It's a good pick. Yeah, it was definitely a jump scare to, to see this woman just like cowering in Whoa. the corner. You're like, oh, fuck. Mine's maybe obvious, but... God, creepy fingies. Just like creepy fingies up on a, up on a tree in the daylight. And then they like move away. Like it's just it's so that type of scare where it's like the scary thing is here from the minute the frame shifts to it, but it doesn't move and until it moves. You don't notice it. Just it's like, like the alien and signs. Yeah, the alien and signs. Friggin uh, devil made me do it. Conjuring movie with the little hand on the on the shower curtains. Like just 
Ah, oh, you give give me give me a set of creepy fingies wrapping around a door frame. Blah, so creepy. Oh no, Luke's doing it. It's so scary. I can see your whole arm though. So it's, it's not that scary. But that the fingers on the doorway behind you. That's creepy. <laughs> Damn, he didn't look. Uh, yeah. So I can see it. <laughs> oh yeah, you can see it. <laughs> behind me, it's a wall. <laughs> yeah, but there's doorway to the to the side of you. Can you see the door? I think you can just see the one little opening. I can see whatever this is on your left, maybe, on the other side, where the arm of the microphone is. My other left. Your other left. I don't know. Oh, that's, yeah. That's a doorway without a door. Ah, see? There you go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good good content. Anyway, (laughs) creepy fingies. Always, always a scare for me. Just always. Okay. Let's rate this thing. Alex? We're going to rate it out of five donors oh yeah uh yeah when they were talking about like the meals that they would have one of them was like oh i'd like a A chicken shish or a a peppercorn steak yeah yeah Yeah, he he called it a donor yeah a donna i think is ridiculous yeah a donner was it donner or donor it's pronounced kind of like a donna like donair donair but they yeah i know it's i know it's supposed to be pronounced donair but yeah (laughs) if you're british you're getting the snooty british accent yeah it's yeah. in there out of five dones okay what are you giving it on it yeah i mean this was a very atmospheric creepy movie that i thought paid off quite well um and i really liked the cuts between the forest and um like the liquor store mm-hmm. uh with like you know the fluorescent lights where the trees are it was really cool i, I like that a lot and the motor was awesome uh characters were pretty lame and <laughs> There wasn't much in terms of uh, character development or growth or any of that. But yeah, overall, I enjoyed this this movie, so I'm going to give it three Donners out of five. Three out of five. Okay. Luke Mason. The technical elements were great. The pacing was great. Cinematography was really beautiful. The plot was actually pretty good, too. Uh, and it was un- it was revealed in a really thoughtful sequential way that I think kept the whole movie tense and interesting. The monster was great. The cult was not terrible to me, but also unnecessary. And the characters were when they weren't obnoxious, they were predictable. So three donors <laughs> out of five. I agree with Alex. Three out of five. Yeah. I think I'm going to be right, right there with you with also a three out of five. Oh. It was it was very tense. It's very... been a while since all three of us had the same one. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's very scary and just you know it, it like we said it crossed that threshold of of scary. There was a lot of times where I was burrowing into the blankets and and covering my face with my notebook a little bit and just like oh no 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 it's gonna be scary and and I think that's that makes for a good a good horror movie and the atmosphere was great. Um, even though the ending of it was a little bit of a letdown for me, I still think it is, on balance, a a good film that I, I would recommend. I wouldn't watch it again, though, but I, I would definitely recommend people check it out. It's kind of cool. And yeah, that's my rating. Three out of five. So now we get to cheer a thing. And what are we what are we cheering? What is our week brought us that we can cheer? Alex? Just the... Uh... The good times I had last night with my friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my cheer. Nice. Nice. Luke? 
Uh, well, this is going to be a little bit of a serpentine cheer, but never have I been accused of being under-elaborative and uh, <laughs> exhaustive in my unnecessary exposition. Uh, I'm like Dickens. I get paid by the word, except I don't get paid. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've done a few musical cheers before, so it's in this vein. I recently watched the Woodstock 99 documentary on Netflix. Oh my, okay. Subtitle Trainwreck, and it certainly <laughs> seems to have been. I don't know if it was a good idea to give approximately 100,000 people candles after three full days of vandalism. That seems like an oversight, <laughs> but anyway. It's, a, it's an interesting documentary, and especially for like people, maybe a little less you, Alex, although a little bit still you, but certainly Billy and I, these are all bands that we grew up with, so it's right in our wheelhouse. But anyway, all of the bands come off as assholes, except mm, one band on the, on the Friday night that they showed Bush come out and play a set. And for the listener who doesn't know, Bush is like the only, at least the only kind of got famous in North America, British grunge band. And mm. Gavin Rossdale is their lead singer. And he was more famous in the world for being, I think, married to Gwen Stefani for many years. And they have like, I think, four children together. Wow. But anyway, Bush comes out and they're like the only band that's portrayed as actually trying to get back in touch with the original spirit of Woodstock 69, which was a little bit more like nice. together and community based, whereas Woodstock 99 was just like brash, macho fight club type of <laughs> shit. And okay. um, sidebar of my cheer, I have never felt the need to. I've never been like sexually attracted to a man before, but if it was going to happen, it would be Gavin Rossdale circa 1999. <laughs> man, that guy is beautiful. That's <laughs> that a handsome man. Point in time. But I, 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 my cheer ultimately is actually getting reconnected to my love of that band, Bush, and hmm. most specifically their songs, Glycerin and Machine Head, which I think Machine Head is in my opinion, a, a probably a top 20 rock song of all time. Like that just, I listen to that song and I think this is what rock and roll is supposed to sound like, especially in the 90s. Nice. So I just hadn't listened to them in a long time. So I've been listening to Bush again and they are just fucking awesome. Love it. I love it. That's a great cheer. <laughs> Thanks. For my... taking a shortcut to get there though, huh? Yeah. Well, it would have been called a root, Alex. <laughs> there it is i had to beat through the bush luke loves bush we we got it we got it on record <laughs> i am i am manifestly unpicky about such things <laughs> all right i'm fine unless it's, it's music and bush okay all right my cheer is i have in the in an effort to not be staring at a screen 100% of my day. Um, I have, you know, because like everything is still like all my books are on online. All my assignments are online. Everything is like looking at a screen even more than it was last year. And I actually got um, an assignment that's coming up that will have been due by the time this episode comes out, but it's a bit of a creative one. And I decided to take on an embroidery take on it so i'm doing an embroidery for one of my school assignments i've got to embroider a neuron like a beads hmm? are beads expensive are beads expensive bees bees oh beat you're embroidering <laughs> they bees. don't let 
They don't let you have bees in here. But anyway, like just getting back into like needlepoint and like it's just, it's just like kind of repetitive action that like is is really fulfilled when I'm editing like the podcast. Like it's the same thing over and over again, and just like doing something that I don't have to be like. 100% focus on the screen has been really good. I've done cross stitching for years. I've done a little bit of embroidery in my days and just I just I don't know. It's fun. It's a fun awesome. way to pass the time and it's like it's like a meditative thing and mm. so that's my cheer. Very cool. Needlework. Needlework. Get into needlecraft, folks. It's really fun. Get to the point, Billy. Fair enough. All right. Well, that'll do us for another week. We will talk about our last movie in October, actually scary month in a second, but we got to do a little bit of credit. So first and foremost, thank you to everybody who downloads the podcast and listens to it. If you have not yet left us a review, it is the simplest and easiest way to get people to know about the podcast. Leave us a, a rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get the pod. Let people know what you think of the show and tell other people about it. It helps us go up in the rankings uh we saw a bit of a bit of a diminished listenership in september when we took a little break off that was expected <laughs> but now that we're talking about movies again that has hopefully rebounded <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> <laughs> but uh we aren't the biggest podcast out there and so every little every little vote in our favor really does help it helps more than you actually know so if you haven't done it yet i know i ask every week just just do it. Just give me one sentence. It takes like one minute. You can do it in app a lot of the times. It helps us out. And if you'd like to support us a little bit more, we do have a Patreon. We are on patreon.com slash nothing to fear. And you can give us any amount you want. A minimum of $1 per month. And that also helps us helps us with the cost of running the show and we'd love to have more people in there um you know patrons recently got to ask us questions that we did episodes on and if you want to be part of that join the patreon yeah we also have a t public store stay tuned for stuff coming out on the t public store again we're, we're working on that over here at nothing to fear industries and it's gonna be it's gonna be good it's going to be great. But you can also get in touch with us via our social media, Nothing to Fear Podcast on Instagram, NTF Pod on Twitter. You can email Nothing to Fear Podcast at gmail.com with any questions you have about the show. And you can also catch up with Luke's Pods over where he does those. Yeah, which is on the internet. And uh, <laughs> The Liberal Soul or Really True Fiction, available on the fine podcasting apps of your choice as well as uh, Nothing to Fear on podcasting after your choice. I'm also involved in that podcast. I don't host. Oh, I are just you? incessantly moonlight. That's good. Is it a good podcast? <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> is it a good podcast? Well, it's not the biggest yet, but uh, every little bit helps, you know? There you go. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the plug, Luke. <laughs> yeah. My pleasure. Anything else? Did you say oh, Full and, Spectrum and, Cinema? Yeah. No, full spectrum. That's still going. Available and yep, still going. As of recording, the next movie we're actually going to talk about is Slapshot. So that will be funny. Nice. <laughs> a, a hockey movie from the seventies. Probably everything has aged perfectly to twenty twenty two. I imagine. <laughs> no problems here. <laughs> I, I imagine the treatment of women and minorities to be up to stuff. Up to stuff. Yeah. Right. 
Definitely up to stuff. All right, Alex, what about you? What are you up to? You can follow my playlist that where I add a song every day. Uh, you can go to Instagram, one song a day, all one word, W-A-N, and follow the playlist there. Nice, nice, nice. All right, and next week, we are going to wrap up our spooky October month, actually scary movie month. Woo. It's my pick again. And the fact that next week's episode comes out on Halloween, would we do a Halloween movie? Absolutely not. <laughs> We're not doing another Halloween movie. Sorry, Michael Myers, you're going to have to wait for another month to catch up with what you're doing. But this is a movie that I had heard about, which is perfectly suited for Halloween. It's an anthology movie that I think does tie together. And reports on the internet says that it's uh, a very, it's not very scary, but it's horror done right. So it's creepy and funny in all the best ways. Mm. And I can't wait to watch Trick or Treat. Yeah. That's what we're watching next week. This is, treat, so. this is another one that I'm surprised we haven't done yet. A la Jeepers Creepers. It just feels more in our wheelhouse <laughs> than a lot of other movies we've done. So, But there's a yeah. few of those like that that just slip through the cracks. Well, you know, we'll get we'll get them. We'll round them up eventually. But yeah, so check out Trick or Treat next week. And remember, folks, they're just movies. There's nothing to fear.